So you want to read Tolkien? We're happy to have you with us. Join us as we work our way through the Silmarillion. I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. And I'm Emily. Let's dig into this week's reading. For Middle-earth. If I tried to pronounce every letter in this name, my tongue would fall out of my mouth. I mean, I am on my second giant glass of Prosecco right now. So... Sally-ho! That's what Into the West means. Let's go home. We're unqualified, but we have ideas. Okay, so here we are. Episode... 17? 17. <laughs> 17. Chapter 23 of Tour and the Fall of Gondolin. This is the second last chapter of the Quintus Silmarillion, and then we have the Akelabeth, and then we have Of the Rings of Power, and then we are done with this book, and we get to record a new intro, which I'm really excited about because I have come to despise the one that we have. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny when I first made it, but now, because we were kind of tipsy, maybe actually drunk when we recorded this set, <laughs> so now whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh my god, we are so obnoxious. So we were. I'm really excited. We should redo it. Well, we're going to have to when we start anyway. to have it, but... Also, none of us knew well, what the hell we were doing. Well, That's very true. Part of that I like, but oh my god, we are not, we are not sober. No. And and my sound quality is so much worse, and uh, it's great. Mine was pretty bad too. <laughs> so like four, maybe five more episodes. New intro. I'm yeah. excited. Okay. All right. Soon, um, Rachel, you Soon. put this quote here. Did you want to read it? Oh, um, I also pasted it down lower. I think in the <laughs> its timing. So I think we can get to it when we okay. get to it. I do think it's a kind of a good intro to the chapter, but up to you. All right. Okay. I can go for it. So um, a few chapters ago, we had a line in the middle of battle, and it was, um, I'll just read the whole thing. Then Hur spoke and said, yet if, yet if it stands but a little while, that's Gondolin, then out of your house shall come the hope of elves and men. This I say to you, Lord, with the eyes of death. Though we part here forever, and I shall not look on your white walls again, from you and from me a new star shall arise. Farewell. And Maeglin, Turgon's sister's son, who stood by, heard these words and did not forget them, but he said nothing. And my note on this was, oh shit, this line makes so much sense now. So that's what you <laughs> should keep in mind uh, for this entire chapter, because this was like your foreshadowing line moment where it makes everything that happens in this chapter comes back to that. Finally get some payoff. Yes. And now back to the housekeeping. So I'm doing characters this week and Emmy's doing our quick sum up and Rachel's taking the summary but I'm pretty sure it's just going to be a bit of a mess because we once again both of us wrote it so who knows how that's going to go. When you um, say mess so I hear fun. That's what I mean. I mean fun, but in a mess way. So characters. <laughs> That's, that should be our new intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our main character, Tuor, uh, son of Huor. I hate ours. I hate them so much. Son of that dude. Um, therefore, <laughs> nephew of Huron and cousin to Turin, uh, born immediately after the Battle of Unnumbered Tears. Omo, Val of the Oceans, the only one who hasn't completely abandoned Middle-earth, 
and has been working on machination, machination, has been helping out Gondolin. Um, Turgon, the lord of Gondolin. Voron Wei, who was one of the elves on one of the ships that Turgon sent to try to get to Valinor, but they all sank. Voron Wei is the only survivor, and Turgon, not Turgon, Omo, washed him up on an island. You know it's going to be bad when I'm messing up names that don't sound anything alike. So, Idril Kellebrindle yeah. is the daughter of Turgon. Meglin is the nephew of Turgon and child of Turgon's sister, Arathel, and the emo elf, Aeol. Uh, he's also a fuck one. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not read ahead there. Thanks, Rach. He's also a fuckwad. Also... Well, see, I wouldn't say he's in love with Idril. I would say he's obsessed with her. He's obsessed well, with Idril. Yes. Uh, Ecthelion is the guardian of the gate to Gondolin. Uh, Glorfindel uh, is, along with Ecthelion, one of Turgon's captains. Um, Throndor, Lord of the Eagles. Morgoth, evil dude. Gothmog, Lord of the Balrogs. Uh, Manwe, king of the Valar. And he makes a quick, a quick cameo here he's the one who um he's in charge over in valinor and he's the one who's locked valinor up and abandoned our elfie and human and i suppose dwarfish friends elfie <laughs> <laughs> okay so our quick summary is basically that meglin proves himself to be the complete asshole we all knew he was going to be back when he was first introduced and gondolin finally falls um also Arendelle is born, which is very, very important, you know, later, because foreshadowing is big in this book. Okay, it's my new favorite thing when we all read things that weren't written by us, and therefore change what the other person <laughs> has written. <laughs> it's like we either, like, get surprised by reading the curse words that are there, or... We ignore them entirely. We ignore them completely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling the pressure now. You can do um, it. I believe in you. All right, all right. Make your house proud. <laughs> so, um, let's get into things. Yes. Uh, so, everyone remember Hor? He was the brother of Horan, and he died back in the Battle of Unnumbered Tears. His wife, Rian, had a son who she ended up uh, leaving with some elves and then died. Um, that's what we're talking about today. So, that's Tour. The He's son, the not character. the dead wife. The son, not the dead wife. <laughs> we wouldn't talk about the dead wives. Come on. Yeah, we don't talk about wives in this book. Women? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, so Tuar was raised by some elves, but when he was 16, he was going to leave uh, and going to go live at the Havens in Syrian, um, where Círdan is, all the ships and stuff. Um, but they were attacked by orcs and Easterlings, uh, the later come humans to Middle-earth, or to whatever this place is called. Beleriand. Beleriand, thank you. Um, and so Tuor actually got taken by the Easterlings and made one of their slaves for a few years. Um, he does eventually escape and goes back to the caves he grew up in and hunts the Easterlings. Um, and yeah, he, he does such a good job killing them all that they uh, put a price on his head. Which upsets Caitlin a lot. Yes. Because yes. what is this currency? Who were very Who's concerned. created it? Is there a national bank of Beleriand? Uh, did did all the cities join up and make or and make, are they all like city states and have their own coin? Mm -hmm. What 
Do they have a system of credit? It's futile. So is it capitalism? I'm concerned. I need more information than this about how there's a world building flaw here. Mm -hmm. Is it is it still barter? Is it like bring us the head of tour and we'll give you a thousand cows, (laughs) wives? (laughs) Ew, that would be so much drama. Somebody also must have raided Nargothrond by now, right? You Actually, would think, but I don't know. Sorry, no, we're, we've gone back in time. Nargathron hasn't even been sacked yet. Yes, yes, at this point. Never mind. Time travel. Ooh. I forget that Turin and Turin are basically the same age. Yeah. Yeah, I think Turin's slightly older, but... Yeah. Anyway, so, yes, we've kind of gone back and we're seeing what happens to Tour during all of the stuff we talked about the last few episodes. Who runs um, the bank? That's who what runs I want to know. That's it. That's... That's the new title for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Our journey through trying to figure out the currencies of Middle-earth. Yes. Um, so Tour's been kind of hanging out there, but Olmo decides to make him long for something else. And so kind of draws Tour out and makes him head towards Gondolin. Tour doesn't know where he's going, but he finds a, a sort of secret tunnel that gets him out of the area where he was in. No one knows where he is. Um, he finds the ocean and is actually, he's enamored of it. He's a sea-loving creature, almost gotten in his head. Uh, kind of chills there, uh, but almost sends him a dream of seven swans flying south, and so he knows he must move on. So eventually... Uh, Tuar ends up finding the hut that many, many moons ago Turgon set up and left specific armor in it so that when um, he comes, Turgon will know he's the messenger of Ulmo. So he puts the armor on and goes down to the shore. Ulmo speaks to him and tells him to go to Gondolin. Uh, He also gets a really cool cloak of shadows so that his enemies can't see him. I want this cloak. Yep. It's kind of like... Luthien's. Yeah, but presumably Umo didn't yep. like braid it from his own hair. Yeah. You know. <laughs> There's Zoom for you. Maybe. I don't know. You never know. Anyway, meanwhile, um, while on his way, Tuor finds Veronwe, who was from Gondolin, um, left on the ships, only one to come back. And so he convinces him to show him properly the way to Gondolin, and they go together. Um, there's a really nice sort of moment of seeing what all's going on and how things fit together. Because on the way, they see the destruction that um, the dragon Glaurung has done to the land. And they actually see a, a black knight with a black sword following in the wake of the destruction. Um, but they don't know who it is. And of course, we know that it is Tour's cousin, Turin. Family anyway. passing in the night. Pretty much, which is also the like the entire plot of this family is just if they were all in the same place insane. at the same time, probably things would have been a lot better for them. Or super worse. Or super worse, but who knows? You know, like well, the, I guess the only reason. Would, I guess like, there wouldn't have been incest. It's true, but yeah. and, and everyone would have like stayed happy in Doriath if they didn't have someone to go out hunting after. That's true. I mean, they had a curse. They had a curse. They had a curse. The one half of the family did. Yeah. Anyway, nice, nice moment. The but eventually Tuar and Veronwe arrive in Gondolin, and so Tuar meets Turgon and gives him the warning from Olmo that it's time to leave Gondolin. 
Um, Turgon is uh, not super happy about this. He had been warned by Olmo ages ago that this was going to happen, that Olmo was going to send his messenger and it was going to be time. But Turgon feels very, very safe there. It is a secret, secret place. Um, so he doesn't really listen. It might be the last time we get to say that. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's very Good sad. Goodbye, secret, secret place. Yep. Um, so basically here, we're going to just kind of recap the, uh, what, what Olmo had said. Um, it said, you know, told Turgon that longest of all the realms of the Eldalier shall Gondolin stand against Melkor, but love not too well the work of thy hands and the devices of thy heart, and remember that the true hope of the Noldor lieth in the west and cometh from the sea. Uh, unfortunately, Turgon likes the work of his hands a little bit too much, um, but there was also a second part of the warning that Olmo gave, and it said that um, Turgon is still under the doom of Mandos, and so uh, thus it may come to pass that the curse of the Noldor shall find thee too ere the end, and treason awake within thy walls. So uh, Turgon does end up remembering that part. So um, as as part of the protecting against treason, which doesn't really make sense to me, but he ends up sealing up the entrance completely. And I don't... I feel like this sort of switch in Turgon comes about, like, apropos of nothing. Because during the rest of the book, he's the one who's been trying to send ships to Valinor, because he knows he knows what Olmo told him, that the hope lies in the weth. In the, <laughs> I was looking at Cometh and said weth. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the west... And, uh, and I just don't, I don't see that there's any motivation for him to suddenly stop listening to Olmo. But I guess Tolkien needed that to happen for the story. You know why? You know why, Caitlin? Doom. doom. <laughs> the answer is always doom. The answer is always doom. You're right. I'm so sorry that yep. I doubted. I doubted how, the how doom. How can you doubt the doom? I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyway, you know, Gondolin has always been the secret, secret place, but um, people did still leave from there and come back, and occasionally people like, um, oh my god, what are their names? Huor and Huren. <laughs> not not Tuor. <laughs> Huor and Huren had been brought there. There were occasional visitors, but now it's properly sealed up. Um, so for a while, things are okay. Uh, Tuor is living there pretty happily, and he and Idril end up falling in love with each other. And, of course, Maeglin, who is obsessed with Idril, uh, he's not super happy about it. He's terrible. He's a piss baby. He's a piss baby. <laughs> it's pretty much, like, if, if he were here, like, in the modern age, his name would be Chad. I was just reading a story about a Chad. <laughs> there have been a lot of Chad stories lately, and I was like, oh. yeah, that's that's Meglin. Mm -hmm. Fuck the Chads. Mm -hmm. Sorry if your name is Chad. You're probably a perfectly fine dude. Consider it's just changing been your name. by a meme. Yeah. But anyway. But um, Turgon does give his permission for a tour in Idril to marry because um, tour has been, you know, really cool providing his advice they've liked him in in gondolin it's been seven years um and also um that thing i spoke about in the very beginning of the episode the very important words from 
Hoor many years ago about um, the from you and from me, a new star shall arise. So um, that would be Hoor's son, Tuor, and then um, Turgon's daughter, Idril. <sighs> Got all those names right. <laughs> Woo! We made it. Um, so Tuor and Idril get married and they have a kid together named Erendil. Um, he's described as having a, a light was in his face as the light of heaven. Um, and when he was mentioned before, many moons ago, we asked you guys to remember, and I'll do the same thing here. Um, in The Lord of the Rings, when um, Frodo is in Shelob's lair, he has the light of Erendil from Galadriel. Do you have any, like, have you figured out what that is? Um, I slightly looked it up. Oh, okay. Emmy? So I, I cheated. Yeah. Do you, do you have any guesses to what the light of Arendelle is? Our most beloved star? No, I don't really. Okay. It's a Silmaril. <laughs> there we go. He, he gets himself one of those. You know, as you do. So but that's, anyway. That's what Frodo has do. in his little bottle. I love that connection. I'm sorry. Carry on. <laughs> um, Man... Frodo, he has the ring to compete with, and then they give him a Silmaril, well, it, which has never turned okay. out well for anyone in he this book. He doesn't have an actual Silmaril in there. He just has, like, the light of the Silmaril. The Silmaril itself is literally a star. We'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry, next chapter. Yep. Which also, oh it's basically the light of the trees of Valinor. Yeah, so that's... By way of a star as a Silmaril in a bottle. And I, I just like that that's what Frodo takes to fight Shelob, who's related to Ungoliant and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I love that connection there. Carry on. Anyway, that's going to be what we talk about when we actually eventually get there. Yeah, I'm going to forget yeah. that I brought it up here. It's going to be great. All right. Meanwhile, right, they have a kid. Things are good for a while. At this point, Morgoth has heard from Hurin yelling in the mountains. Um, he knows kind of whereabouts Gondolin is. Uh general idea he's attacking the mountains but he's completely unsuccessful partly because he's just fighting random mountains and partly because thorondor the eagle helps deter him um did you say fighting random mountains pretty much okay okay right that's kind of how it is right no yeah yeah i just wanted to yeah. double check that that's how you put that yes yes he is <laughs> right he's like i know my enemy is in here somewhere let me Fight a mountain. Nah. This I guess mountain there are less productive down. uses of his time. Look, it's it's something Morgoth would do, right? Well, let's let's be clear. It's not Morgoth himself. He's still no. he's no. still in Angband. He's not coming out. He's too good for that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but in the meantime, um, Idril is still feeling super worried because they're stuck trapped in a mountain. Um. So she makes a secret escape route and tells almost no one about it. Uh, Key here, especially, she very, very definitely does not tell Maeglin. Because he's a piss baby. Because he's a piss baby. Um, which this is good because Maeglin has been sneaking out against the rules because he's a piss baby. Also, I guess it turns out he's an actual evil person. Also actually evil because <laughs> he got that. captured and, yeah, captured and tortured and ends up betraying Gondolin. Um, it's basically implied that all Morgoth had to do was tell Maeglin he could have Idril. And yeah. I don't think it's implied. Doesn't they, doesn't he say that? Like, I will give you Idril if you will. 
Yeah, but it's implied that Morgoth didn't even have to torture him, really. He was just like, oh, instead of torture, okay. how about we make this I'll deal? I'll just give you this. Yeah, like, that's it. That's you, you can Mem- be king of, yeah. of Gondolin. You can have Idril. Just tell me where it is. And he didn't even try to resist. Yeah. Didn't try once to be a good dude. Like, nope. I don't even think it was really the, you know, ruling of Gondolin he wanted. I think it could have just been Idril. It, it has been shown that he wants to rule. He wants I mean, to be Turgon. I forgot his name there for a moment. Turgon's yeah. heir. Um, which is never going to happen now that Arendelle was born. Because obviously yeah. he can't pass, can't pass to his daughter. That's silly. No, no. But now he has a grandson, so it's all okay. Kill me. Anyway, he's a piss baby. And he betrays Gondolin for being a piss baby. It so, strikes me really quickly that we did not mm-hmm. bring attention to the fact that, uh, uh, shoot, what is this, what is this T dude? Turon? Tur, Tour. 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 Um, he, he's human and he married an elf and that's the second time that that's happened. Yes. That's important. Yes. It's a very big deal. And that they have a half elf kid who is important. Yep. Anyways, carry on. We're going to very much get there. We're going to have family tree time at the end of this one. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so because of this information, uh, Morgoth ends up attacking. Uh, Maglin's been released and, you know, help is helping from the inside. Um, they decide to attack during a festival, so everyone is really busy and don't see Morgoth coming. Once uh, again, not Morgoth himself. No, no. Sorry. Morgoth's forces. <laughs> Balrogs and orcs and... All sorts of doom. Um, so <laughs> I like this idea of just doom. Doom. At them. Doom. Just the word doom. Yeah, marching. floating across. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> about right. Yeah. Um, at this point, we get a lovely internal advertisement for the extended book version of this chapter, uh, The Fall of Gondolin. Which, like, didn't even exist when this was written, so that is some foresight. Like, please yep. go read The Fall of Gondolin. It almost literally says that. Yep. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we kind of just get the Cliff's Notes of what happens. Um, so here you have my Cliff's Notes of the Cliff's Notes. <laughs> Ecthelion, the gatekeeper, fights Gothmog, the Belrog, in the Square of the King, and they kill each other. Um, the Tower of Turgon is overthrown. We don't even get an official sentence about Turgon dying. It's he, just sort of his tower falls and him and with Turgon it. And with it, yeah. Not sure if this is a literal falling or metaphorical one. Yeah, I guess you never really know these know. books. Because towers do literally fall sometimes. And yeah. also sometimes they fall metaphorically. Anyway. Yeah, you know, true. By Turgon. You didn't even get a sentence. Um, Maglin grabbed Idril and Erendil. Uh, Tour goes and fights him and throws Maglin off the walls to his death. Yay! Bye-bye, piss baby Chad Elf. Yes. Also, this is basically what happened um, to Ale. His father got thrown off the walls. Mm-hmm. And, and he watched. So, yeah, we're like, if, if this were a movie, it would be the exact same spot. Like I like to think it was. Pulling pulling the metaphorical, yeah, just like father, like son. Symmetry is everything. I mean, he pretty much killed his dad. I mean, not, not actually, but, like, he pretty much, you he know. He set it up. Yeah, he set it up, so... I like the idea that he died the same way, hopefully in the same spot, without getting anything that he wanted. Yep. Good riddance. You won't be missed. No, indeed. Nope. So, Tor and Idril 
lead some of the people that they can out of the secret tunnel. Um, they make it pretty far, but they are ambushed by orcs. And so we get some more fighting. Glorfindel fights another Balrog, and they both fall off a mountain. Uh, everything would be really bad, but Thorondor and the eagles come help and kill all the orcs. Um, it's especially key that they kill all of them so that uh, Morgoth doesn't actually know about these people who escaped. Mm-hmm. At least not for a while. And I, um, I like that Tour and Idril led people out. Unlike, I don't know, like so many times in these battles we see people making a last stand and just dying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, get some people and get out. Find yeah. others. Especially because, you're right, Tour's the nephew of like the greatest fighting human of Middle Earth. And no, he he helped people. Yeah. It's good. Um, anyway, Thorinder and the Eagles come. They help. They also bring up Glorfindel's body, so he gets to be buried in a nice mound. It's another mound of stuff immediately grows on it and stands as a marker of goodness in the world until everything geographically changes. Yep. Um, so anyway, Tuor and Idril eventually make their way all the way down to the mouth of Sirion, um, the Havens, etc. Basically, everyone who's kind of left from these ruins... Um, Doriath and Gondolin end up gathered there, and they become sailing people. Yep. That kind of sums it up. So, I guess Arendelle had that same love of the sea that his father had. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, um kind of ends up. Sorry, Tour, Tour lived through this. Who, yes. who knew? Yes, Tour's still here. Um, <laughs> um so yeah, Tour, Tour through Olmo loves the sea, and Arendelle gets that awoken in him as well. Do you have anything else to add, or are we going to get into the... The family trees. The family the, trees. The conjoining. The conjoining. Um, <laughs> Dear God. So, in, meanwhile, Morgoth, uh, he thinks he's sitting pretty because all the elf strongholds are gone. Um, I picture him cackling on his throne. Um, it is mentioned that he knows that, you know, the Silmaril is still out there. But he's not super concerned about it because he knows it's been doing his job for him. So he's like, well, the last of the stragglers will get ruined by this thing, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a smart guy, Yeah, all things considered. So meanwhile, on <laughs> at, at, at the sea, um, Erendil, who is a child of a human and an elf, ends up getting together with Elwing, who was the daughter of Dior, who was the son of Baron and Luthien. And so Elwing comes from a line of human and elf and a little bit of Maya in there. And Erendil is also from a human-elf partnership. And so they kind of join these lines of the human-elf blood mixing. <laughs> that sounded way creepier than it is. <laughs> Really, they just get married, but yeah. Yes, yes, they they just get married, but but the, then they're coming together are these two houses, I suppose. Yes, both alike in dignity. <laughs> yes, actually, um, pretty much. Except nobody's against them getting together. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, Olmo does end up going to Valinor to ask them to help. Uh, Manway is still a dick. He says no. Uh, he also says no in a very important way. 
stating... More foreshadowing. Yes, more foreshadowing. So, quote, Only one speaking in person for the cause of both elves and men, pleading for the pardon on their misdeeds and pity on their woes, might move the councils of the powers. And I wonder who that might possibly describe. Dun, dun, dun. It's like we were just talking about elves and humans coming together. You know. In a, in a man who has previous... close ties to water. Yeah. He likes sailing. Who could sailing. sail to Valinor. I'm pretty sure earlier in the book he was referred to as Arendil the Mariner. I think he was. You're right. And you said, this guy will be important later. And then we moved on. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I noticed as I was sort of referencing the uh, family trees in the back of the book for this one to try and keep track of who exactly comes from where. Erendil mm-hmm. um, is on every single family tree. Yeah. Yep. He's the only one, I think. But just he's the, the, also, the conjunction of all these different lines. Because of what he does in the next chapter, maybe all the elves just like try to work him in. You know, to their that family tree. That would be kind of funny, right? <laughs> like, oh, we, we want, oh, yeah, oh, we're related to Arundel. Oh, I, I I invited him to a dinner party once. Yeah, so obviously he's my second cousin <laughs> three times removed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Once upon a time, he complimented me on the street. <laughs> but anyway, this the chapter then ends um, with Tuar and Idril sailing off into the west. Yeah, this bit's weird because, like, I get that it's supposed to be this nice thing because it's... Tour says that he feels old, or he is old, and like basically like he's gonna die of being old. And Idril is, of course, an elf, and so you know doesn't doesn't do that. And they don't have a nice Baron and Luthien return from death now we're mortal thing. Um, so I I do kind of feel like it's a metaphor because Valinor is closed. There's a big deal going on right now about. Nobody can get there, so I don't know why Tolkien would just throw that away for to give this dude kind of a nice death. It's very confusing, because it's like, but in After Days it was sung that Tuar alone of mortal men was numbered amongst the elder race, and was joined with the Noldor, whom he loved, and his fate is sundered from the fate of men. So, like, he became an elf. Maybe something. Maybe he just died and got to go to the elf after the To the house of, of Mandos, maybe. It, it's very confusing, though. But anyway... He gets a happy sailing, at least. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the second last chapter. Yep. I do like the name so close. of the next mm-hmm. chapter. Of the Voyage of Arendelle and the War of Wrath. Bodes well. Yeah. It really does. More stuff. Anyway, I would like to remind everyone that all of the uh, main strongholds falling are all Huron's fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I forgot. I guess Nergothrond... Well, was the curse. Not here in himself, because he was still locked up, but his son, so... Yeah. By the curse he, that was only there because... If Hurin had just he, kept it in his pants, everything would have been fine. Well, Hurin resisted Morgoth, and therefore... Right? You were you were too good at what you did, Hurin. You forced your son to get cursed. Come on. That really sucks. Especially since everybody seemed to like him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was a good dude, but it's kind of all stems from him that everyone died. Oh, I'm just like reading the next chapter as we sit here because I'm really excited for it. I'm sorry. We'll get there. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, we do have two things after that, so it's not going to be our last Silmarillion episode because we still have to deal with Numenor and stuff. Dun dun dun. 
I don't know what's wrong with me. Anyone have anything? I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, we did mention Glorfindel, who sort of kind of comes back, even though he's dead. Sort of. He's in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. I think what happened was that Tolkien just named two completely different elves the same name, but had, <laughs> had previously said that elves never repeat names, so then had to come up with, like, an excuse for that. A reason so he why. Just was, so when you go to the Halls of Mandos, you can decide to come back. So he's like, oh, he just decided to come back. <laughs> so we see his, like, reincarnation later, I guess. I don't know. Very briefly. You know, something like that. That is my understanding of how that happened. But, like, very briefly. Do you even remember where you see him? You've asked us this before. I have? Oh. I don't yeah. Remember. Sorry. And yet, I've forgotten. I can't remember. He's the elf who comes and... He, he does what Arwen does in Fellowship of the Ring. He comes and finds uh, the party after Frodo's been stabbed. And, like, Frodo takes his horse across the river to Rivendell. Gotcha. Wow. Didn't remember that at all. Yeah. In both movie versions of The Lord of the Rings, they've replaced him with an elf who is more important to the story. You know. Although in the animated one, I think they replaced him with Legolas. There's a movie I haven't seen in years. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember it being good. No, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> okay, so we... it might be good if you are drunk. Yes. So anyway, it was nice seeing Manway again and seeing that no, he's still a dick. No, it was not. They've literally just like been sitting there the whole time. He's like the real villain of this series. I assume he's drinking wine. Manway. If I had a lot of magic and was immortal and lived in this beautiful undying land and could just sit around for 500 years and drink good wine. I'd get bored. It sounds pretty good. No, because then you'd be like, why don't I make my own wine? Or, I mean, literally anything. You would get bored if you had to sit in a chair surrounded by people. I mean, he has a wife. It does not sound like fun to me. So presumably they talk. <laughs> I don't know if they do, because every time anyone has ever shown up, they all sit silently. <laughs> okay, so presumably they communicate. Yeah, telepathically, which is another problem I have, because that doesn't sound like fun either. I wonder if, like, she comes home someday and is like, look at this new constellation I made. And he's just like, wine. Does he do anything? No. Nope. Does he make things? I don't know. He's just sort of the king of the Valar. I yep. made yep. these eagles this one time, and now they and rescue they do my everybody. <laughs> Deus Ex it's Eagles. It's true, though. <laughs> God, Manway's the worst. I don't mind him. No, I mean, Manway's like, you know, like, like, like Neville is- Chamberlain of... Sitting there, like, we're gonna keep giving away bits of uh Bohemia, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hitler's guess... not gonna be a problem for us because they're over there. And to be fair, though, like, never Chamberlain Neville, Neville uh, words Neville Chamber, Cham- the Prime Minister of England during the first bits of World War II was incorrect that that Hitler would never be a problem for them. Manway is correct, Morgoth can't get into Valinor. <laughs> fair but it's still not nice 
Yeah, that's fair. It, it is kind of a dick to be like, yeah, we'll help, but only under these certain circumstances. I didn't say that word correct, did I? Yes. Eh. Circumstance? Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think you did. <laughs> I think we got there. Yeah, I'll find out when I'm editing. You know. All right. So next week's homework, as previously discussed, is chapter 24 of The Voyage of Arendelle and the War of Wrath. The final chapter. I'm so excited. Ah! Woo! Made it, guys. We are so good. We're the best. And then we have two more things to cover, and then we have a very exciting episode planned for, <laughs> for our wrap-up. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, or it's going to be terrible. Always both. It could be both at the same time. Yeah, I guess we'll see. And yeah, thanks, thanks for listening this week. Uh, if you are interested in contacting us, you can email us at youwanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at toreadtolkien. If you like us, you can leave us a review or a rating on iTunes and help other people find our little show. I believe that's everything. I think so. All right. I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. I've been Emmy. And we will see you all next week for the final chapter. We're going to just cut out all of this. Yep. That's <laughs> fair. Get my shit together. <laughs>